0: of modern thinking because we expect things to stay still and be what they are and undergo the growth and degradation that is inimical to them. But no, the redemption of spirit and matter means the exteriorization of the human soul and the interiorization of the human body so that it is an image freely commanded in the imagination. Imagination Interiorization of the human body so that it is an image freely commanded in the imagination Imagination central to the alchemical opus because it is literally a process which goes on in the realm of the imagination taken to be a physical dimension. And I think that uh, we cannot understand the history that lies ahead of us unless we think in terms of a journey into the imagination. We have exhausted the world of three-dimensional space. We are polluting it, we are overpopulating it, we are using it up. Somehow the redemption of the human enterprise lies in the dimension of the imagination. And to do that, we have to transcend the categories that we inherit from a thousand years of uh, science and Christianity and rationalism. And we have to re-empower and re-encounter the mind. And we can do this psychedelically, we can do it yogically, or we can do it alchemically.
1: Okay, folks, welcome back to another long form episode of the Elemental Philosophorum with our good friend Mark from Alt Media United.
2: Brother, how are you today? Doing great, glad to be here for another round table into the periodic table of elements. Awesome,
1: 100%. Well, today's uh, topic, we're gonna be covering iron. I don't know if any of you guys wanted to start it off. If not, there's a few things that I found uh, peculiar to, to kick it off as well, but up to you guys.
2: Well, I'll, uh, I'll just give people a breakdown for the general stuff. Iron is incredibly important to the history of mankind on a technological standpoint. But I think people would be surprised to know that human beings are ha, or have been using iron way before they were able to kind of smelt it from ores. Um, so that that was why I chose like iron, because I'm like, all right. There's some history to iron. It's more than just like uh, one of these newer elements that I'm sure we'll get into in the future episodes here. But it's the atomic number 26. The symbol is FE. That comes from the Latin ferrum, which is probably, you know, a derivation of... Some word from another word from another word, because iron has, like I said, existed in our culture for a long time. So it has a pretty interesting history. But uh, with that being said, it's the most common element on Earth right in front of oxygen so that's kind of the primary reason why when i was kind of thinking about what we would talk about i was like iron sounds like you know it not only does it hold such an interesting place in human culture but it it's the most common element on the planet so
1: Wow. Well, that's quite significant because, I mean, I just wanted to say that uh, citing nationalgeographic.org, something I found quite peculiar is, and I just to give the full context here, and I quote, uh, magnetism is the force exerted by magnets when they attract or repel each other. Of course, it's caused by the motion of electric charges. Now, interestingly enough, if we take a look here, in most substances, equal numbers of electrons spin in opposite directions, which cancels out their magnetism. That is why material Materials such as cloth or paper are said to be weakly magnetic. In substances such as iron, cobalt, and nickel, most of the electrons spin in the same direction. This makes the atoms in these substances strongly magnetic, but they are not yet magnets. End quote. Now, the interesting thing I find about this, particularly having to do with the uh, electronics or the uh, spins of the electrons in general, has to do essentially with what many people would I guess you could say. Uh, relate to again the same concept of uh if i'm not mistaken sir roger penrose pertaining to the spinner theory i'm not trying to get Mm -hmm, too into into physics and all that because again i'm not a physicist but i found some interesting correlations pertaining to the way in which there is a a description pertaining to the electromagnetic charge of certain elements of mr penrose's spinner theory and what we see here pertaining to the subatomic structures and all that and the electrical charges within iron
3: The, I mean, this is a this is an element that has not only been around on the Earth for like five thousand years or so. We've been trying to use it, like Mark said before, even smelting it. But I mean, it comes from space too. I found specifically um, an Intuit uh, colony, I guess, or, or settlement that literally settled next to a meteor and would use its iron for generations and generations for just every, any use it could find. Inuit? Uh,
2: Like up in Northern Canada? Inuit, I-N-U-I-T. Inuit, yeah, from Canada, right? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, they
3: literally, this this doesn't just come out of the, you know, natural processes of the
2: earth. It's all over the galaxy, universe, whatever. Well, you know, something that uh, a guy I've interviewed talked about is like... I don't know if this is related, but his theory, you know, of the electric universe was that this iron... Forms, you know, in our atmosphere somehow due to like whatever solar storm or planetary storm that's going on. So, like, the way I visualized it at first, and I don't know how true this is, uh, it might be true considering this picture I just found, uh, but like, imagine like a lightning bolt shaped meteor of iron just like hitting the earth and like yeah. creating like a tower almost. And then, you know, there's this really ancient, uh, iron pillar in delhi where it's like you know it kind of looks like it just like is in the ground and they built around it you know you could maybe see like how they found that iron and then propped it up there but like how much cooler uh, of a myth is it that like or to think that this iron just hit the ground like a tower and then they came along and carved it into the shape of what it is now i mean that's just really cool and yeah it's it's interesting because meteoric iron is is like the proper term for it and they have artifacts of meteor meteoric iron in uh king tut's tomb and at that time it was thought to be like a weapon from the gods like a heavenly divine weapon if you had a weapon made of iron it was literally thought of like oh this came from the gods and that's why the god of war mars was associated with iron and so you can see a lot of connections there especially considering what irons become you know going more recent times incredibly useful for weaponry. So, you know, this is, uh, this is like, you know, huge to consider.
3: Well, the, these, these meteors, right. You talk about this, you know, lightning strike shaped meteor. Well, there, there's a couple like very notable meteors all over the earth. The probably the most interesting one I found that just builds so many questions. Um, it's, Called, let me make sure I say it right. Yeah, Hoba in Nambia. And it is an 80,000 year old meteor that left no crater. There is no crater where this meteor just is. It weighs 66 tons of like 88% iron, 80, 82% iron. And it, it left no crater. I mean, 80,000 years old, left no crater. You immediately build into, okay, how did it get there? 80,000 years ago, were things, people, uh, whatever, moving it to this spot? What, I mean, this is a, this, why is this geographically important for it to be moved here? I, there, I mean, the, this iron element seems to do a lot with, um, I got, yeah, ley lines, genetic, like geometrical connections of the earth. This is a very important space on that uh, that same, you know, uh, Lay lines of like the pyramids and all that stuff over in Africa. It's just a weird thing to have been put somewhere.
2: Hmm. Well, it, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, brings to mind like this idea of Mother Earth. It's like magnetic, you know. This iron comes from uh, space and like like almost like sperm hitting an egg. This like iron fertilizes the earth with a new, you know, element that humans can then utilize to evolve into a, you know, a greater civilization from a technological aspect, you know, building architecture. And like you see it in fifth century China, they were making cast iron, you know, before anyone else. And that was really pivotal to them becoming, you know one of the oldest empires, continuous, you know, nations to this day, you know, the Chinese country, you know, is more than just uh, a country. It's existed longer continuously than any other nation. You know, albeit that they're communists now, that's a pretty uh, big, you know, dip from what they used to be. But, you know, considering how new the united states is the country i live in um and even canada too is very young right. so it's like yeah this is an ancient ancient uh culture that's used iron clearly to their advantage uh, well if i could jump in very actually sorry
3: camden go ahead finish your thought well, no, and then... yeah i was i mean to their advantage right there's there's lots of Benefits even in modern science to the way we're using iron now. I mean, this is a, you go back to how were they using it? Like I talked about that Hoba meteor um, today, and there's a um, yes, yeah, Scandinavia. where are My notes here, yes, yeah, Scandinavia. The there's electrified railways that use iron ore to then perpetually more energy, so that it's it literally powers itself. I mean, this is a, a an incredibly re- reactive uh useful and productive element and you just have to i mean how far back does using iron for productive means go
1: well interestingly enough i did want to bring something up here according to ScienceDirect.com, now again it's you know as to the the veracity behind this in terms of the surface level of academia i don't think you can get any more um uh I guess, official than this per se. This is from the Journal of the Franklin Institute. Uh, We see here, and I quote, not many years ago, it was quite generally believed that iron was unable to follow rapid magnetic changes. Experiments which showed an apparent decrease in the permeability of the iron with an increase in the frequency of the magnetic cycle furnished a basis for a theory that iron was magnetically sluggish. Further and more accurate experiments proved, however, that the effects which had been previously ascribed to a peculiarity of the material were in reality caused by eddy currents in the sample. Furthermore, it was found that due to eddy currents, eddy spelt E-D-D-Y, eddy currents, and the magnetic properties of iron, the magnetization in high frequency fields was confined to a thin surface layer of the piece. This, quote, magnetic skin effect reduced the cross-section of the iron, which was magnetically active, even though the laminations were extremely thin, end quote something that i would like to relate to that is i was told off the record um by a certain individual who had a uh a a lunch with uh, mr lou elizondo was that uh again t- think of him as you will uh, or whatever you prefer but uh, mr elizondo was allegedly you know doing sketches drawing papers uh, pertaining to a particular craft called uh, that many know to be the tic-tac craft and interestingly enough um I believe I'm allowed to say this. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure, 99% sure I am. The skin of the Tic Tac craft, according to Mr. Elizondo, to my friend there, uh, Mr. Elizondo found quite peculiar. The way in which the very thin outer layer of the craft, not the energetic layer, but the actual material layer of the Tic Tacs, not any other craft specifically the tic tacs responded in a very peculiar way and i can't help but think i'm not saying that iron has to do with that but if that same concept were to be applied to the craft or to certain aspects of this tic tac craft again we don't know if this craft was you know physically uh you know I guess you could say poignant or strong, or we Mm. don't know if this was an interdimensional craft, but I find that thin layer concept to be very interesting because we're seeing that now with things like graphene. Um, I know we have to be careful about what we can. What's interesting about about what you
2: just said, though, you know, I'm looking at some of the things I put together for iron and, you know, sparing a whole lesson on uh, metallurgy, You know, an alloy is a mixture of metals, right? You heat up these elements to create a different version an alloy right so iron becomes steel when we melt it with you know some percentage of carbon right so there's a process of taking iron and making it into steel now that steel has different properties and one of the properties or one of the uh, three forms of iron that you can create from an alloy you know like what what it's limited to one of them is called epsilon iron right and epsilon iron is known for being anti-ferromagnetic so it it, you know it it reacts magnetically in a different way than the other forms of alloys now i'm kind of beating around the bush here because i really you know i'm in deep water and i don't know how to swim when it comes to this kind of uh science but that to me is curious, you know, it's like, well, if there are some kind of magnetic property to iron and then they can alter it somehow, maybe that fits into what they're, you know, utilizing to create these crafts that we see and, you know, have been known as the tic-tac whatever. Right. I right. mean,
3: there's, there's
2: certain, I mean, the,
3: uh, iron most commonly will turn to, you know, rust, right? Iron iron oxide is obviously something that commonly happens with um, iron exposed to the atmosphere. But there's several times in history that we see that for whatever reason, well, actually, I guess I'm about to tell the reasons, but uh, rust doesn't happen. Um, Our best example of that, go back to my notes, the iron pillar of Delhi, um, made constructed in the year you know three seventy five to four fifteen CE um by Chandragupta II. It doesn't rust. That is a that is an old, I mean I guess at this point, almost over a thousand years old almost, um, iron pillar that just hasn't rusted at all. Uh, the chemical makeup of it it is pointed to the the what they've found through you know obvious study of it is that it uses a crystalline iron hydrogen phosphate form so it's mostly iron back to that alloy thing but all the way back in the year 375 were they already doing these complex alloy uh uh, combinations of elements and to to make better iron, make less corrosive, less uh, wear and tear from the elements iron. So if we then expand that to these tic-tac th- vehicles, these these uh, otherworldly things, their science is probably even better, right? So they can make, you know, alloys uh, even more impervious to the effects of not only the atmosphere, but let's even take it to impervious to the effects of space and time, you know? Right. Exactly. Wow. Well, one one thing
1: too that I that I found quite peculiar is I wonder if, uh, it, it, generally speaking, if iron would be a substance that would be, sorry, not a substance, a material that would be something that could be used within certain craft or within certain. Uh, right interdimensional uh, apparatuses if you want to call it for solidifying or materializing a certain uh, type of object within a certain dimension and what i mean by that is when you have for example one craft allegedly going into another dimension or another reality or even i guess you could say teleporting for a matter of fact if there is something in which resides with externally that the occupants of the craft internally cannot feel any of the g-force while teleporting transporting you name it if there is something that materializes via iron that allows it to sort of come to a halt relative to, you know, the location that these occupants are trying to go to, if that makes sense, sort of like um, if we take, for example, this... Uh, This piece of paper a lot of people know that I've done this before representative of time and again instead of going straight somewhere like from you know point A to point B you are then folding or bending it to come to you irrespective Mm -hmm. of everyone else around you however the point the place where iron comes in in my opinion would be is it possible that some type of electromagnetic charge relative to a certain iron or variant or altered variant of iron in or around the craft would help that sort of i guess you could say come to a halt in a say materialistic dimension compared to that of a more esoterically oriented one if that makes sense
3: right um no i'm i'm with you i'm with you and it's it seems to only point to um how iron even affects interacts with um sentient organic life forms. Cause right. We've talked about it in these, in these um, inanimate tic-tac pillars, meteors, but iron seems to do a lot to us, you know, like obviously we all know, like we have a large amount of iron in our body. You can be iron deficient. You can like, but there's like, what's the deal with it? Because um, one of the most interesting stories I found of iron in a person um they were building the transcontinental railroad us right this uh railroad foreman was slapped through the head with a iron rod it literally landed 80 feet away from him it says right here um and went all the way through his head he did not die he was speaking again minutes later he literally only died 12 years later so it I mean, you think of, you know, getting shot through even a bullet, not not a railroad tie going through your head, going to kill you. Right. But a pure iron rod through the brain did not kill this man. I mean, like, so what about the interactivity of the of the organic matter of life and iron kind of kind of produce a homeostasis, I guess, is the best way to say it. Like, right. Like it doesn't. Right, it doesn't ruin or disrupt the body it it only it only um uh, melds with passes through and uh, you know, it's strange how iron acts coexistingly in in an in inanimate in objects and in, in the body
2: mm. right did you want to jump in mark or absolutely because you know i was hoping to take this Conversation in that direction And I did not expect it to go You know that extreme man Wow I never heard that before I've heard like weird stories about people Surviving like Railroad accidents like that uh, From that time period But never like that particular story and I I wanted to you know bring that whole topic up because like we're talking about magnetism possibly the ability to alter the states of iron right so that's the prerequisite to what I'm about to say which is like all right Camden you said it perfectly there's iron in our body it's in our blood but now when we consider like right what what people say about the moon now i don't know how much iron is in the moon but if it's as abundant as it is on earth i'm sure it's in the moon right so you know there's magnetic properties to the moon we see that with the tides we see that with our bodies right human beings particularly women uh before the days of the gregorian calendar were all synced up to the moon and um and that's a lot to do with blood and and the whole process of menstruation but it's also because you know there's iron in our blood and you know that as men we're not different from from women all that much in the sense that we too have iron in our blood and 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 in ancient times that was seen as fiery water right that was this sort of metaphysical huh. term for iron and when you consider what we do with iron we heat it up and melt it and it becomes liquid and then it forms back again into the mold that you pour it into and you know they had like legendary weapons like i said that were created from meteoric iron or damascus steel and like these yeah. special types of like you know metals that they were able to alchemize but on the metaphysical uh, human alchemical level, you know, this iron is it's literally liquid fire. Like your blood heats up. You've, you've heard the phrase, you know, my blood was boiling. You know, like people have had fevers experience that, you know, same feeling of like hot blood. Right. So right. there's clearly, you know, not just, you know, an electricity Aspect to this with the heating up, but there's that magnetic aspect as well and then you consider what they're doing with uh, We'll call it the jab and the graphene and maybe that being just permeated through our environment Like what if graphene is inherent to iron? So now it's gonna bond somehow with this iron and then alter that, you know on a really alchemical chemical periodic level right i mean this is the elemental level that we're trying to reach with this show but yeah it's it's just you know it's no coincidence that they call this you know they relate it to chakma which is the life force or wisdom uh and it's you know all goes back to this kind of uh, kabbalah type stuff but within those lessons they talk about iron as fiery water Right. And
3: interesting. Um, I immediately, I, while you were talking about it on the moon, I went and looked up and uh, the first thing that I, you know, got into, they have found back to your magnetism. They have found a lot of iron and titanium on the Northern hemisphere of the moon. It is, it is not in large enough traces for them to know if there's not a lot of it in the Southern hemisphere. So we're not talking about like the light side of the moon versus the dark side of the moon. We're north and south of it, which I again, obviously point toward, you know, poles of magnets. Right. So right. that's interesting that it really, yes, it absolutely is on the moon, but so far only found in the Northern hemisphere.
1: Mm. Well, interestingly enough, again, re- referencing back to science I just wanted to quickly bring this, uh, throw this in here. Um, while I can, the, magnetic skin effect again uh, reduced and I quote the cross section of the iron which was magnetically active even though the laminations were extremely thin however now careful experiment I didn't read this part yet careful experimental measurements compared with theoretical calculations proved that the real permeability of iron remained unchanged at frequencies up to about 10 to the 6th and that previous uh, results had been in serious error due to neglect of of the factors mentioned this fact having been established, efforts were made to see what practical use could be made of iron in high frequency work, and to and to that end, some extensive experimental investigations of the saturation curves and core losses were made upon specimens laminated as thinly as was commercially pract- uh, pra- practicable. The resulting data have furnished a basis for design. End quote. Now, the reason I say that is because it. it I can't help but think of, again, what you said, Mark, about iron being in our blood, iron being in our body, regardless of gender or anything like that. Right. If there would be something, and again, I'm not trying to connect this to what's going on in the world right now or the, the boop boop, we'll call it. Well, um,
3: I, But I will make mention, sorry, I think we sure. might have found our next element to do, you know, a, a graphite of sorts. But anyway.
1: Right, right, exactly. And it, I can't help but think that if they're, again, showing that this study, this is from 1917, if I'm not mistaken, this journal here, to know what they know. At, the, at this level, if there would be some type of magnetic response to iron, if placed in a certain frequency, therefore, if the human body were to be in an environment geographically and physically, where there would be some type of manifestation of, you know, abnormal frequencies that cannot be detected, again, by with our normal senses, but if there was something that could alter that within our blood, I, I cannot help but think what that could do, not just make people feel tired or feel like they're going to faint. You know, when someone says I'm low on iron or something like this, I'm speaking of something far more, maybe very positive, but also something far more uh,
2: depraved as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, considering, you know, back to the alchemical side of things, you know, esoteric alchemy, we're talking about metal iron as mercury in the body right so mercury is part of this alchemical process and it it definitely you know is associated to reproduction and sex right so right and you know i'm not an adept so i'm not going to go into all of like the ins and outs of it but from what i'm reading here on a publicly available site it says the life force meaning mercury Burns tissue cells in physical bodies as a flaming wick dissolves its candle wax. Both the body and the candle are sure to burn in its due course, making the transition of physical death a certainty. Tempering the course of this life forwards towards Mercury through art sustains the physical vehicle to its natural span of between 120 and 144 years on average. The multiplying virtue... So this is maybe the wrong thing to read, but I'll. I'll that was really interesting, so I'll kind of expand on it. So they're talking right. about how iron, you know, it's expanding on your creative energies and your ability to basically, and their, their term is art. But I think in the modern world, we would consider art as like something you do, uh, with passion that doesn't exactly
0: say
3: like, this is art we're doing right right now. Well,
2: and, but as it doesn't pertain to like your direct Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, like you're getting your food, water and shelter, those kind of things are taken care of. Then you can pursue art, whatever that is, you know, and it's not just podcasting, but great point. That's kind (laughs) of like our art here. And I love that you pointed that out, but that's, I mean, there, this whole article that I'm reading, it's on, uh, jamesinvestigates.com so people can check that out Iron Alchemical Mm -hmm. but he's talking about you know the sort of search for the philosopher's stone or the immortal you know the immortality thing and they're talking about people living till like 144 years old which is interesting like you know that with what we just alluded to with graphene like and it's connections to this possible Depop campaign to thin the herd so to speak it's like all right so they're using this kind of aspect that's already tied to you know longevity and reproduction you know it's just it just fits right in you know we don't need to get into all the details on the boo-boo as uh, dave called it but you know i think that that's like kind of what we're talking about here because when you consider what's going on on a planetary scale. It's dark arts occult, like Sam Tripoli says, you know, and he says it that way. And I think he's right and he doesn't even know how right he is sometimes. Like in detail, like down to the core, there are groups who understand alchemy to the point where they're utilizing it on all fronts. And it fits into the industries that we see iron being used in and all of the different innovations and players in the long history of man's uh, use of iron. I, if I could
1: jump in very quickly, when you said alchemy and all that, it made me think of the Vril Society pertaining Mm. to, again, you know, the the Nazis and all that, not to say that that was exclusive to them, but that's what the Vril Society is generally most known for. It made me think of the different forms of propulsion and different ways that one could access different, again, maybe, I don't want to say ether realms because uh, there may be not just one or more, or there may just be one singular realm per se, but the layers of that realm and I say this in a way that prescribes to potentially prescribes to the narrative of how we look at individuals like Jacques Vallée for example saying that he believes there is some type of holographic machine that is changing our perception of when we observe UFOs and things like that and and not always to bring it back to UFOs but or alien craft in general but I find it interesting that the the at least from my perspective, what comes to mind as you were speaking, Mark, was just the overall idea of there being some type of alteration within someone's Uh, esoteric body and their physical body as well and if there's been some type of alteration of iron within said person's body at the same time that they've been experiencing you know what they claim to be a you know witnessing a ufo or even something even more so an esoteric event where they're sleeping at night and they're they're abducted or, or something like this occurs or even for the sake of individuals practicing alchemy if there's any um uh contribution not not necessarily trying to say that in a good way or bad way but A contribution towards the way in which someone's iron levels could actually, I guess you could say, alter the state of a certain electromagnetic spectrum. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't just be exclusive to a UFO experience. It would just be that if there were others that knew how to harness this, uh, other humans, which I'm sure there have been and there are, w- what that would do to someone's you know, iron levels in their body, if there would be a magnetic, let alone an electromagnetic response that merges the the, the ether realm with, for example, with the physical realm, uh, if you want to call it. But
2: that's that's what comes to mind, uh, for, for me at least. Well, and and we can even go back to like some kind of, uh, you know, folklore that associates iron with fairies and things like that and if we're going to look at things from a really like all-encompassing perspective fairy encounters are very similar to what people would maybe call a et or alien encounter today so i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to take it back to ufos because ufos are inherently a part of this larger mystery that the elemental philosopherum has been uh, sort of assembled to dig into to, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, eventually we will find that if there's any truth to what I said before about the elite or the 1% manipulating reality with these sorts of alchemical uh, processes. Then the UFOs are definitely a part of it Like there's no doubt I mean just look at like the circles that Are associated with UFOs in general I mean the military The right. uh, you know weapons uh, I'm sorry military industrial Complex is the better term Because it's not just the United States military You know it's it's all of these uh, Military groups anybody who Takes up the business of uh, Killing people I think it Is a part of, uh, is a, right. part of a, a select uh, group of industries that were started by these elites I mean you can look at like the the uh, Dutch East Indies company I mean it's literally the reason why we have Wall Street right they invented right. that system of sort of casino betting uh, around like the values of commodities and such so we're talking about a, a system that's been set up around us by these players, but enough time has passed to where the connection has become sort of murky, and the propaganda has become very, very thick. You know, and and I think that's the other you know reason why I really like talking about this stuff. I just listened to an episode of the Higher Side Chats that kind of talked about uh, possibly ETS being some sort of, uh, version of entity that's actually from, you know, the, I forget what they call them. It's like, it's confusing. Let me look it up right now. It's, it'll take two seconds, but yeah, I, I found that fascinating that the ETs that we think come from other planets or whatever are actually, uh, crypto terrestrial meaning they're just you know like in the same category as sasquatch so to speak but way more nefarious and and technologically advanced right and the other thing too that i find peculiar uh, is that the
1: since we'll, we'll we'll be delving into that area it seems at least the uh the icc for those who don't know stands for the interstellar um or intergalactic whichever one you prefer corporate conglomerates so you know lockheed martin raytheon those guys Allegedly, they have um, mining operations on certain uh, comets, on certain moons, and they mine for iron. Now, the thing that I find most interesting about all of this in particular is why the mining for iron seems to be so prevalent and, and such to... Uh, again, we're, we're saying assuming the pieces of evidence that have come out, if, even if some of it is disinformation or misinformation, presuming the consistency of the fabrics of truth over the many, many, the last 70 plus years are consistent... And and resonate some type of veracity. I wonder to what extent the the i the mining of iron seems to play in terms of what the 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 goals are for these big. Uh, uh, I guess you could say intergalactic corporate conglomerate apparatuses. Why iron is so significant to them? Why is it, again, could it be pertaining to the fact that there is a thin layer of magnetization that could be activated? It, right. I, I'm curious because everything that I've ever seen pertaining to this has to do with mining iron. Always, always, always. And I find that very, very peculiar. Mm.
2: Well, it goes back to alchemy, man. I mean, it's the primary interest of the uh, ruling elite because it yields – so much power especially in their day with the sort of I mean we would think of it from a modern perspective which I don't particularly agree with uh like kind of like silly that they associated like oh uh spiritual alchemy esoteric alchemy and then metalurgy all in the same group but you got to understand like that perspective so to speak uh in the context of where they were at in that point in time and it's like all of these things are still related today. We only think of them as separate because of science and scientism, you know, the belief that science is somehow, you know, inherently material based, right? This, uh, right. So I think, well, you know, alchemy really is the, uh, key factor to understanding this kind of uh, process and it is metaphorical it's not just uh, practical you know even though we call practical alchemy chemistry now it didn't make you know actual alchemy become any less powerful than it once was. Right, and this is where, for example, I don't know if this quote is
1: exclusive to Mr. Elizondo, but I've been, I've been brushing up on his work a lot lately, at least what he's presented externally, and he said something interesting lately that we can apply to what's going on in society today, but again, that's probably for another time, but he says the problem with the scientific community, at least in his humble opinion, is that people, and not just in the scientific community in general, people conflate and they confuse science with scientism, Right. And like you said it perfectly, Mark, what's what's now considered chemistry was, you know, back in the day. Oh, this type of mysterious alchemy, if you will. Right. And so we we, we see that sort of evolution. Well, even to
2: your 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 point about like, why are so many people interested in it? It's like, think about where corporations came from. Like I said, with the Dutch East Indies company, like these were people who set out to sail right and discovered new lands and we live in those lands so the the rules that they followed when they created the laws of the ocean and whatnot like that's that's what's created this new world that we're in and you know a lot of these ventures that they would go on were in the interest of trading and what's the most valuable thing to trade for gold iron, silver. Right. And especially in antiquity, when those were like the most available of like what we would consider now, like rare materials, you know, what's on the periodic table of element, you know, not all of them, you can just go and find somewhere, you know, now most of those, you, you need a special technology to even understand what it is. But, you know, a group of those materials that we'll get into on the periodic table of elements like iron have had so much like mysticism around them because of how valuable they just inherently are and they're valuable because of their scientific applications but that doesn't separate them from the mystique and you know my point is really just that like these companies that set out to like get gold like cortez like all these you know groups they're no different than the fortune 500 companies and all the you know it's it's just the same game expanded over 400 years 500 600 even going back to you know babylon right no exactly and even the
1: the the hidden history and the the deliberately hidden history of a lot of things that that again where we have now come to realize whether it's alchemy whether it's certain metallurgies have played very very significant roles in the the i guess you could say the evolution of, of humankind in a certain regard without it going public and one example I could say of that is again not substanti- uh not sorry uh, corroborated to the point where it's like okay this absolutely happened but there are consistencies within textures and scripts written um, during Napoleon Bonaparte's time there was a point in which he could not be found for a handful of days he had claimed that he had been kidnapped by uh, an enemy uh, paramilitary or army group if you will and that, that was that now with that That being said, there's now some, uh, you know, revelations coming about uh, more so on the dark web than that of the surface part of the Internet. But you could find some there, too, about a nano chip being found in in Napoleon's skull. Interestingly enough, the nano chip seemingly on the surface seemed to be based on just preliminary uh, analysis was iron. It seemed to be at least some type of composite of iron. So I find that interesting to see that there's again, the, the problem with this is that no official, quote unquote, institution is going to come forward and say, you know, the Smithsonian, you, you name it, right? Uh, MoMA, whatever you want to uh, whatever you want to say, the sorry, not MoMA. Uh, it was another institution anyways. Um, they they haven't they won't acknowledge these type of things. So it only leaves people like us to speculate and, and and to be able to say, OK, where can we go from here based on what we're seeing and what we have seen?
3: absolutely well said um i mean just a couple uh, finding more as i'm looking around iron even seems to have interesting um reactions on the nuclear side there there, there was um strange uh almost as if you know spontaneously appearing iron deposits happen- popping up in, in the uh desert near los alamos while they're doing nuclear testing there's so so in nuclear fission physics whatever going back to mark's electric universe theory there is maybe some kind of um from nothing creating of of iron being maybe one of the easiest things that can just uh be you know, one of the most um, common, obvious metals on the Earth, but also common in space. Uh, I just so wanted like, to sorry,
1: Ken, when you said it's one of the possible metals that could uh, that could just be simply like referring to the the natural, you know curation of this universe whatever it it is simulation electric universe maybe all of that all of the above but it's interesting you say that because if there is any substantiability to sir roger penrose's spinner theory pertaining to what we initially uh what i brought up at the beginning of this episode i find that interesting because if sir roger penrose's spinner theory has even if he's not correct entirely um and i'm not trying to say he's wrong because i could never do the work that he's done but if there even is a little bit of validity to that, to the spinner theory and spinners and, and that pertaining to physics and, and, and all of that, that type of that whole aspect there, I wonder if there is a, 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 um, a similar consistency within that of iron that's just not out there publicly on the surface. Maybe people have not even thought to look there um, because, right. you know, so many other things. Maybe they haven't gone grants for it or maybe they purposely haven't gotten grants for it because there is something there.
3: Um, No, exactly. I I mean, I've uh, just about honestly exhausted my own research into this. I mean, we go where we've just like the uh, one we did the other week, we kind of find things as we go. But as far as actual particular findings, it seems like there is a natural order to the universe, like you were just saying, and it seems like iron really, really um, fits that natural order. Right, really well. It does. It seems like it anyways, right? We haven't had anyone go look in that direction maybe, but that definitely seems to be at least, you know, in our um, batshit crazy people minds where things are pointing. Mm.
1: Right. And it's interesting
3: because when you said you've exhausted your resources pertaining to iron,
1: I I have to admit myself, I mean, the, the conversations that we go down when us three get together are phenomenal, but Iron, I found to be very difficult to compare to, say, for example, uh, the the first element we looked at or the previous element. And I find that more intriguing than than frustrating because it's, it's so only...
3: basic. Right. Right. It's so abundant. Right. It's so like, why isn't there more research, more crazy things found out about it yet? Yeah. Right.
1: Right. And that's yeah, that's what takes me to that whole idea of again, um, sort of thinking of if you were to if you were an investigator and you were to draw on a on a metaphorical drawing board uh, or a chalkboard, w- what you know about iron and then what you don't know about iron. I am certain, at least in my opinion, there's going to be a lot more than what you don't know than what you know. And the, right. the question then becomes. Which angle do we have to approach to find that data? and if there's no data out there pertaining to that, why hasn't there been any data put out there? Is there has there been a deliberate suppression of it? Um, it's not to say, again, I'm not trying to make something out of nothing. Sometimes people will just say, "Dude, there's nothing there because there's nothing there." But again, I don't in life in general, I don't feel like that's ever the case. you know? So that, that I apply that same mentality. Absolutely. To, 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 this, to, to researching this topic and
2: all that. Uh, Mark, brother, you want to jump in? or? I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's really, you know, no stone left unturned uh, at the expense of the stones. You know, like I think, yeah, you, you just got to really look for what you're looking for depending on what you're looking for. I don't know. <laughs> it depends. Right. When it comes to iron, though, I think the case is it's already so applicable. It's almost like it's being used. Maybe the case is just like not to be, uh, you know, bleeding into what you just kind of said against. But uh, you know, maybe they're just using it so much to make steel that they never thought to to go ahead and look at some of the more mysterious <laughs> sides of maybe it. So. But
3: right, yeah, maybe
2: so. It, I mean, it's so useful. It's been useful. Uh, But like I said, it's got these associations with war, it's got these associations with male fertility, it's got Mm. associations with uh, the military industrial complex, you know, I mean, steel is how they make weapons, you know, it's just, it's very useful for that.
1: I found something very quickly that here pertaining to the, uh, the northern and southern lights. Um, very recently, people have said that they've been able to uh, hear the northern lights in terms of a sound, if you want to call it. And the sound, based on the general direction, uh, the consistent pattern of where people say the sounds are coming from, based on, you know, where they point, okay, this part in the sky and what have you. Interestingly enough, again, may, there may be something here, there may not be, but I think it's important to throw it out there connect to the alleged, and I say this carefully, the alleged planets where the these ICC um, cor- uh, conglomerates are doing their mining for iron. And I, again, I've been told as well to off the record, but not to say this is true per se, but when certain parts, certain, uh, I don't want to say forms, but I guess if you want to call, I don't even want to use the word variation, but when Iron generally is brought into a very highly charged electromagnetic, uh, electro- electromagnetic vicinity, and when I say highly charged, I'm referring to esoteric spirits and you know uh, alleged haunted locations. There seems to be much more activity when iron is is brought into that location compared to when it when it is taken out. If I'm not mistaken, I do not mean to 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 put words or in anyone's mouth here, but there were some paranormal investigators take them as you will that have attempted this and they've found some interesting things that have 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 come from this in addition to you know corresponding it with certain electromagnetic devices and equipment
2: Mm. yeah i was uh i was just walking through like a a little uh you can call it like a nature preserve i guess but in connecticut we got like hundreds of these, you know, in every town there's little spots designated as parks, and they just woods, so I was walking through the woods, looking along the river, and I find this piece of iron just like all corroded, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting because this was a couple of days before, you know, we were supposed to do this, what, like a week ago, and right. I was like, oh, wow, that's weird, we're going to talk about iron, and I find this weird piece of iron, and just the way it was shaped, it just... You know, it was kind of like almost like a nail. But then towards the end where you think, like, the head of the nail would be, there was, like, this weird, like, almost square-shaped part of it. So I'm like, this could be a part of, like, some kind of old, you know, railroad tie or some kind of weird thing like that. But just the way it corroded, and after this conversation, my hopes is that it's some kind of meteoric iron that I just happened to find. (laughs) That would be cool. I'm
3: thinking that the meteoric iron is – more abundant than anyone had originally thought, maybe mm. there seems to be a saw. So- I mean, you point to Tutankhamun having a meteor sword, Damascus steel coming from meteors originally. That Hoba thing. I mean, there there seems to be a lot of meteoric iron, even besides the naturally occurring. Mm. Well one one thing I
1: wanted to 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 add as well too is that it just came to my mind now th- and thank you for that story brother because that that really if not for that I maybe would have not thought of this but when you see for example uh Project Carrot uh, or you know um whether it's you know Bob Lazar, Luella Zondo or you know many whistle alleged whistleblowers and things like that but more so the ones that have chosen to be a little more I guess you could say under the radar because of the the details they've brought out one interesting thing that I found is that in the research and an audience will know generally that the uh, the the composition of certain. Um, OK, so this is going to be a little bit of a of a of an explanation but just bear with me the composition of certain of all alien craft really whatever metallurgy they're made of when you were to split those pieces of the craft up into different chunks regardless of whether big or small regardless if you cut it into a triangular chunk or anything like this it it doesn't matter how if you were to analyze the subatomic structure and and the, the, the the details of it it still represents the entirety of the rest of the craft and basically saying that it is in in and of itself a living entity or a living representation. Of the rest of the craft, you see what I'm saying. No matter how much you cut it up, the more you like, if the more you looked into, big or small, the piece, the more you saw. Oh my gosh, this is the the this this is like the the makeup of the rest of the yeah. craft. Now I connect this to iron because, interestingly enough, I wonder if Mark that story you said about you know going for your walk and and noticing this 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 metallurgy of iron there. I wonder if, and going back to what you said, Camden, about how this might just be the way in which the universe comprises iron of if iron is a sort of representation of that sort of example not not saying that there's a connection but that there that same ideology or you know a, a a perspective could be applied to other areas so for example iron frequently uh materialistically the subatomic structure of it which could be why there's no public research out there pertaining to much of this is actually consistent with that of what's found in our bodies, with that of what's found all over the place, that would then subscribe and add or further the electric universe theory. The question becomes, where's the emergent point between the esoteric side and the physical side of the iron itself?
3: Exactly. Where? Yeah, no, I mean, that's maybe... Maybe someone will start a science, uh, experiment from this even conversation, but yeah, where is that? Let's go. Someone needs to go find it. Right. Exactly. I see, um, uh, what's it called? Mark, you got a, you pulled up a book there.
2: Yeah, I did. I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a bad habit. Hold on. (laughs) I don't know, because I I thought this book might be part of uh, what we were talking about, but it it might just be a bad habit because I I don't think I am equipped to find the exact part of the book. But, yeah, man, I just think, like, going back to what we were talking about with Graphite being a possible candidate for another episode, if that's on the table of elements, is it? I'm not sure. It's a... Yes and no. I I know which one I'm thinking of. Okay. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll get into that on in another episode. But you know, I definitely think there's an interdimensional aspect to what's going on with uh, with UFOs and with human consciousness and with everything to do with our bloodstreams and iron. You know, and like the psychic nature of the moon, the magnetic nature of the moon. You talked about just now, iron being. Uh, You know in the northern hemisphere of the moon Right but you know People might be like banging on the the roof of their car right now Listen to this like the moon doesn't you know we've never been to the moon like I don't know how you know that fits into it but it, you, you can't deny that the moon has that effect on the earth right that's magnetism right. so Point I mean blank, right? whether or not we've yeah. been there or not you know I just wanted to clear that up for those folks who are listening because this, I know I'm not completely sold on, on space travel even though I do enjoy space Speaking to you guys about all this stuff, like, I'm just wondering, like, how it fits into this kind of realm that we're living in, you know, like, it's more, you know, and Sam says this a lot. Now, it's like, we're really living in some sort of realm. And I think what that really means is that there are interdimensional aspects to our ordinary lives that we're pretty much ignorant to. And things like iron give us little clues into what could be really going on because, you know, like microcosm, macrocosm, the things that are happening on a micro level in our bodies have truths to reveal uh, about the larger effects that uh, we deal with in in daily life and in extreme circumstances like being abducted by a ufo like dave said before maybe even like you know astral projection because it seems to me like the majority of people and i'm not excluding myself are living uh less than healthy lives just due to the modern circumstances, the modern food, the modern diet, right? So we're already ill-equipped to become, let's say, astral travelers, right? Well, what if things like iron, these components in our bodies that we're lacking in, in a lot of cases, people are deficient of iron, like you said at the beginning of this episode, like what if those components are contributing to our kind of ignorance towards that interdimensional nature of our reality and that's like a move that's being played against us so that we have less of a capacity to you know compete with whatever ufos are or, and whatever their agenda is right Great. and it, it wanted to say very quickly when you brought up
1: macro and micro uh cosms it, it just it, i can't help but think of um the hermetic principles as above, so below, mm. not necessarily saying small and big, but that same concept of, again, there being a magnetic opposite, sort of a, a, a binary concept of sorts. If you want to, if you want to refer to it as that, but yeah, no, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm not sure brother, how much more time you wanted to, to go on for this was the, uh, I guess you could say positively. And unfortunately this was the extent of the, the research that I had found. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else you wanted to, to throw in or add before we, we wrap it up? or
2: I, I think I think what we covered today is a, is a good uh, is a good kind of, even spread of some of the things that I found, and I'm sure you guys found, like you said, that that's all there really is to iron. Obviously, meteoric iron is very interesting because that's all that's publicly there to
3: iron. Right, to iron. right. <laughs> but
2: that's that's you know. With that being said, I think the elemental philosopher forum that we've created here we don't have any rules saying we can't revisit iron in the future if something else comes up or if the listeners have you know been like listening like i said maybe they're punching their steering wheel saying like why aren't you talking about this like so if you think we missed anything send it our way. You know, you you can, uh, reach me on Instagram. My family thinks I'm crazy on Instagram. And, uh, and even my website has my email address there. So my family thinks I'm crazy.com and, uh, and reach me there. Perfect brother. Thank you so much for coming on again. Everyone in the audience loves this series
1: and we will be covering another element in the, uh, in the next week or two. Thank you so much, everyone.